Hello and welcome to another episode of The Legal Breakdown. Today, I've got a very good guest, which I'll let him introduce himself to talk about um, mortgages and the rental sector in the UK, and if new entrants and existing landlords are gonna still find the sector profitable with the government changes and legislation changes coming up. So I'll let you introduce yourself, Matt, and a bit of a background about yourself. Hi, Josh. So my name is uh, Matt Cottle. I am a property investor and a landlord. I'm based in South Wales. Um, I've been uh, investing in property for around just over 20 years. Uh, and in that time, I've built a significant portfolio of properties. Um, all my properties are freehold, residential, two and three bedroom properties based in South Wales. Uh, previous to being a full-time landlord and investor, um, I was the chief executive of a finance company, or a group of finance companies. And I stepped back from my role as chief executive officer because I have a disabled child at home and I was really needed by my wife to provide as much help as possible. So, so essentially I stepped back from my role as chief executive and became a full-time carer as well as landlord investor. Uh, so that's really a bit about my background and uh, I continue to invest, I continue to buy uh, properties um, uh, consistently. Um, and uh, it's a sector which I enjoy because it allows me to spend time with my family and travel and it also allows me to uh, create a passive income and most importantly for myself, uh, generational wealth for my family. So that's me. Thanks, Matt. I really appreciate that. Um, so me and Matt have been talking about the different changes coming up in the rental sector in the UK. Um, as Matt and me, I were talking about earlier, that the sector has changed, changed in Wales, a bit ahead of England. So a lot of what's coming has kind of already happened. And so he can give a bit more of a forward thinking approach on what's going on in the sector. And specifically about that the sector is still going to be a profitable sector for existing and new entrants. So I think we'll just start off with the kind of very broad question, Matt, is the sector still going to be profitable going forward? Well, that's the big question. Uh, personally, I think so. I think it's all about the way you set the property up from the outset. It's, I think it's the way that you present the property. Uh, I think it's the, the type of tent that you invite into your property. And I think those things are, have always been important. They're, they're more important now than they've ever been before. And they're going to continue to be important. And they're going to grow in importance. So first things first, uh, the, the, the way that the property is presented is, is extremely important to the type of tent they're going to attract in the first place. So tenants don't want to live in cold, damp, unsafe, um, uh, uneconomical properties. They want warm, dry, clean, well-decorated properties with good kitchens and good bathrooms and without heating issues. And they don't want to have to watch all of the heat that they pay for uh, literally go up in smoke and out of the roof. So as a landlord, I make sure that all of my properties are uh, presented in a, certain, in a certain way for my tenants. And I think most landlords are exactly the same. There's, there, there are a small percentage that don't. We know uh, that is the case. I don't think that's ever going to change. Uh, I think these new rules that the government are bringing in are a step closer to trying to eradicate the bad landlords that are out there, the ones that um, I, I just... Uh, um, that, that just don't 
really care about what what it is that they're offering they just they care about collecting rent and and that is it um all landlords care about collecting rent if we don't collect rent then we can't pay the mortgages on the properties and if we can't pay the mortgages on the properties then the properties will get repossessed so of course we need to make sure that we're providing good properties to the tenants that are within the properties um so it's important to ensure that the tenant that is being attracted to these properties are the correct type of individuals that you would want to be renting a property from yourself. You'll have spent a lot of money getting the property ready, um, buying the property in the first place, the costs that go with it, the incredible sums of money that are spent on refurbishment to make the property presentable. Um, you need to make sure that you're finding a good tenant, a tenant that is not going to go into arrears um, and a tenant that if you do have to give them the proposed six months notice to, to leave, then it's on a, uh, a mutually agreed basis uh, and it's not the type of tenant that's going to immediately stop paying the rent. Because if the, if the rent does stop getting paid at that point, that's when things really start to go downhill uh, between the landlords and the tenant and that's of course where the profitability starts to to become seriously affected um, the 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 rent minus the mortgage equals the profit give or take a few expenses uh, and if the profit is all uh, has gone out of the uh, the, the uh, agreement in those last six months while you're trying to remove the tenant from the property property then that can kill the entire profitability of the uh, of, of the whole contract. So yeah, it's important to 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 get the right tenant, and there are a number of ways of uh, of doing that. Josh, I can expand if you like. Yeah, I was going to ask that. Is it going to be harder for tenants in that case as well to find properties? Because if landlords yeah. are focusing on the, I guess people with higher credit ratings, more income, etc., yeah. it's yeah. going to be harder for yeah. tenants. It is going to be, it is, I mean, the, these rules are being put in place to protect the most, the most vulnerable in mm. society, to prevent people from being moved from property to property, uh, to prevent landlords from just requesting their property back where there's no fault from the tenant whatsoever. Um, unfortunately, that does come with its uh, own set of um, opposite circumstances, and that is that the, the landlord is only going to choose the very best tenants. So those tenants who would have previously been in a, a sort of a gray area when you're assessing their ability to be able to, to afford the rent and to be able to, to actually want that person to rent from you, those individuals unfortunately are gonna be cast to the side and, and, and those generally are the people who really need the properties and can be excellent tenants. I have a number of tenants in that situation um, who have been fabulous tenants um, been with me for years and years and years. Um, if I had the choice uh, under the new rules, I probably wouldn't uh, take the risk on them up front, and then you'll never get to know if that's going to be a good relationship or not. Okay. So, um, yeah, there's a, there's a number of things that landlords can do. I mean, when it comes to rental properties, the the thing to remember is that the tenant is not just paying the rent; they're actually living in your house and they're paying your mortgage. So if you've got somebody who's lived in your house and paying your mortgage, you've got to be absolutely sure that they can afford to keep on paying that rent month in, month out for as long as the agreement is and longer. Um, 
and there's a number of ways of doing that. Uh, landlords are now stepping up the their own checks on tenants. Personally, I um, uh, use an agent, a very good agent, to uh, to do the job for me. However, um, uh, I don't just leave it there. I, I like to do the checks myself. I like to uh, meet with the tenant. Mm -hmm. um, I like to uh, personally check their pay slips. I personally get them to carry out credit checks. Um, I like to have a look at their bank statements for the last 12 months, and I marry up their, uh, their rent record with their income that they say they earn. I'll speak to their employer, and I'll also speak to their previous landlord over the telephone to get a, uh, a reference um, person to person. Just because these things are so important, it's all about affordability. Mm -hmm. If the tenant can afford to rent the property from you, with uh with plenty of leeway then the chances are they're not going to go into arrears uh if that's not the case then the chances are they will go into arrears and, and renters we know are there the highest they've been ever um and it's really 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 important to to check affordability okay okay no, that's interesting so from the point of view of the new rules coming in is it more protecting the existing tenants from that may not have got into a property than the new tenants coming in. So it's kind of protecting who's already there. And they- Yeah, can't... I mean, from the, I mean, the, the rules are still a bit gray. So yeah. uh, based on the rules in Wales, uh, existing uh, tenants' uh, contracts remain as they are. Mm -hmm. uh, they, they, they won't be called tenants anymore. They're gonna be called contract holders. Okay. Uh, which is gonna be confusing for everybody. Um, and the uh, section 21 has been abolished in Wales as it probably will do in England mm -hmm. and Scotland. Uh, and the, uh, the, the landlord has to give the tenant six months notice. Of course, if the tenant decides not to leave at the end of the six month notice period, then the landlord will have to uh, take the tenant to court and that can take anything from uh, six weeks to three months mm -hmm. to get a court order to have the tenant removed. Uh, the tenant uh, will then be given a date to move from the property. So we could be talking nine months from the point of which the notice was given to the tenant. Mm -hmm. And if the tenant still doesn't want to leave at that point, then the landlord will have to go back to the court to, uh, to get a uh, bailiff to come to the property to remove the tenant. Uh, mm -hmm. And so that's all, you know, it's quite a distressing process for everybody, including the landlord. It's very expensive for the landlord as well. It can cost several thousand pounds to make that happen. Yeah. And if the rent has not been paid in the meantime as well, then you know the the, the costs can double up. So, is yeah. there a so way? There... Sorry, Matt. Is there a way to protect yourself from all of this? Is there? A, do you put insurances in place to kind of? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, so nobody knows yet what the cost of insurance is going to be. So even though in Wales we're ahead of uh, of England in yeah. in the in, with these rules. Um, we, uh, the rules are not actually live until December. They were due to go live, um, I think, uh, sometime in July, July 22nd, I believe. Mm -hmm. uh, but that's now been put back to, to December. But landlords have been preparing for it um, and have been making necessary improvements to properties and, uh, and in some cases removing problem tenants from the existing uh, tenancies uh, in order to uh, bring in new tenants under the new rules because... Uh, landlords don't want um, tenants who are who, who are problematic at the moment to then fall under the new contract and become even more problematic. Okay, 
that's that's good. That's so, so yeah, uh, in answer to your question, sorry, Josh, I'm missing that's you. Right. you. I didn't fully answer the question. Uh, so, uh, yeah, one can insure against uh, arrears. Right. I insure all my properties against arrears with the um, with the insurance, the home insurance for the uh, the builder's insurance. I also provide um, some free um, content insurance for all of my tenants as a part of it, which I pay for. Uh, but as a part of the the policy, um, there is um, uh, insurance against arrears as well. But that insurance covers you for arrears if some serious groundwork has been done up front before the tenant moves in, i.e. all of the, the um, items I mentioned previously in how to check the affordability of a tenant. Yeah, no, that's fine. I'm assuming he's going to change from insurance company to insurance company. Okay, I'm assuming there's criteria of what kind of income they should have and what kind of checks you've done on the rental. It, rental exactly. And I say that changes from insurance company to insurance company, but okay. all of those things, you know, what checks have been done up front? Uh, was the individual able to afford the um, the rent from the outset and going forward? Was there any? Um, uh, did did the landlord check that there? Uh, might have been some redundancy coming up or, or all of those kind of questions which would okay. affect the affordability of the rent okay no, that's, that's interesting so overall then from what we've talked about with the changes and everything coming in for existing landlords is much going to change in terms of their profitability going forward uh, obviously the change um, getting tenants getting getting tenants out of the property is going to get slightly harder i assume from things going uh, that, that's the major issues get removing prop removing a tenant from a property is mm -hmm. is going to get tougher there's no doubt so rather than concentrate on can i get the tenant out because that doesn't help anybody mm -hmm. including the landlord because that just costs money to get new tenants in why not reverse the situation and say to yourself how can i get a really good tenant into my property somebody that really wants the property that will really appreciate the work that's been done in that property. We'll look after that property as if it is their own um, and give that tenant a, an affordable rent, mm -hmm. which means that they won't want to move from that property. And if the property is looked after and maintained by the landlord, uh, as and when issues arise and immediately uh, repaired and maintained, mm -hmm. then why would that tenant want to leave unless family situation occurs where they have an extra child and there's not enough bedrooms or they they plan to move away with a partner something like that in which case the, the, the tenant will come to you and say please can i leave the property in four weeks or eight weeks and i always give my tenants an open uh an open um opportunity if they if they ever want to leave i always say to them don't worry about giving me two months or three months or whatever it is notice if you want to leave the property then i have no problem with that just give me four weeks notice okay. so it's it's all about really the trust between the landlord and the tenant the rules are there to protect everybody in a difficult situation but i think you can actually avoid those difficult situations if you plan and organize the tenancy properly up front which is obviously what the rules are planning to do so that uh, uh the accidental landlords and people who kind of jump into the business and maybe haven't got their hearts fully into it uh, are eradicated from the the private rented sector because that's really what the government want they just want more professionalism okay so this might be the wrong question or it might be the wrong kind of way of asking it but 
is this kind of the time for the landlords now to kind of review their tenants ahead of these changes to make sure that they're protected? Um, I mean, that's not for me to say, but no. undoubtedly that is exactly what is going to be happening right now. Every single landlord will be going through their, um, their list of tenants, looking at their problematic tenants, um, and will be making the moves that they need to make to remove those tenants before these rules come in place and again that protects that that's um is potentially damaging to those who really need the property so this, so, is, this is where it's having the opposite effect as you were saying earlier that you're kind of what who it's trying to protect it's not necessarily protecting them precisely i don't know if the the people that make the rules i don't know if they consider these things they surely must consider these things they must have the best experts on hand Mm -hmm. to help them consider these things but quite often they find themselves holding a firework which then explodes in their hand and i mean this is going to be over over a period of time it, this, this means things will get better for 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 tenants they uh, won't be forced to, to move from their properties just because the landlord decides that they uh, want to uh, move them out and move their best friend in or, or whatever the case may be uh, but in the meantime i think there's going to be a sort of a shakeout period where those who are most vulnerable will find themselves in a situation that um, is is not good for themselves. No, and I, I think you're, you've kind of got the best setup with what you've got, because a lot of like my clients, when I do leases for them, a lot of them like to know their tenants, they go and meet them. And they go and, and if they buy any properties with tenants, like mixed commercial and residential, they go and make sure the businesses are happy to stay, what kind of rent they're happy for an increase, and they mm. try and keep it on a level field so they're not going to increase it massively they want to make sure that people are happy to stay there mm -hmm. or, or agree a rent that 100 percent. because that way you keep your tenants long term and they like you as the landlords because they know you're open to working with them yeah i mean for me I, you know i manage all of my own properties i always have i've never used an agent to manage my my properties um the portfolio is getting to the stage now where uh at some point i may have to do that but right now i can still handle the number of properties which I have, yeah. uh, just about. Um, not that it's a lot of work, it's just a, a, there's a lot of laws and there's a lot of things that you have to make sure you're on top of. Um, for me, I have a personal relationship with every single one of my tenants and, and it does make a huge difference. There's no doubt it makes a huge difference. Yeah, yeah no, absolutely. So then we've gone from like the existing landlords to then the new entrants. So with the new entrants coming into the sector, I mean, they could come from various age groups, income streams, trying to buy a property to obviously have their first investment property. What's the kind of going forward? Is it still going to be a good market for them to invest in going forward? Yeah, I mean, it's going to be, you know, the, the housing market, as you know, is, is a great market to invest in, always has been, mm -hmm. uh, always will be, as long as you're buying at the right price. Uh, you're not buying at the top of the market. Um, even if you're buying at the top of the market, you're buying still at a, um, a you know, you're not overpaying. Uh, you know, property is, uh, as we all know, safe as houses. And uh, over a 20-year period, minimum 20-year period, I always suggest to all of my clients, mm -hmm. um, you, you're going you're gonna to ride the market wage. You're going to see increased mortgage rates as we have recently, decreased mortgage rates, uh, and you're going to see uh, exponential capital growth through throughout the period um the house will always eventually go up in value uh it may drop back a little bit from time to time in so that the, the bricks and mortar today 
is going to be worth x in 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 20 years time that bricks and mortar is going to be x times whatever one or two or, or whatever that may be um it's what you do with it in the meantime that makes the difference mm-hmm. it's how you make money from it how you make profit from that property and cash flow on a monthly basis and and all of those things are down to uh how you set up the company in the first place you know if you buy in in cash and you only buy in one property uh it's okay to buy individually because you're your taxation situation might uh, be bene- might be uh, might be better to do it that way. Um, if you're going to be buying four or more properties, <clears throat> excuse me, you then become a portfolio landlord. Um, uh, all the clients I deal with, uh, I, I don't work with anyone unless they're going to become a portfolio landlord or their plans to become a portfolio landlord, okay. uh, because obviously when you have several properties, that is when the uh, cash flow starts to really make a difference to the investor's life uh, and just having one property or two properties can be uh, unless you have money in the background and you can fill in gaps in rent and empty periods um, then it doesn't really make sense to do it I'd probably look for a different type of investment I'd probably look at stocks and shares or, or something else that um, that makes sense um, obviously what people like about property is that they understand it it's an asset class that everybody has grown up with or generally everybody has grown up with throughout their lives they've seen their parents and their aunties and uncles and grandparents buy properties and they've seen those properties go up in value um and you know when is the best time for, to buy a property well there's i always say there's two times two best times to buy a property the, the first best time is 20 years ago and the next best time is today um and you can't do anything about the 20 years ago properties unless you were there then so you have to start somewhere and even though prices feel very inflated which we know that they are quite inflated at the moment in another 20 years time and 30 years time the prices that we're paying today are going to seem like a lot lower uh so it's it is a good business to get into uh, i i 110 recommend that anybody who's thinking about it and has some spare capital to go into the uh business should go into it but get the right advice up front plan your business accordingly know what you're looking for, know the type of properties you're looking for, understand the, the metrics that you're working to, understand the mortgages that you're applying for, make sure that you're uh, reducing all of your costs wherever you possibly can, make sure that the properties that you're offering out to clients are properties that people want in places that people want, close to local amenities. Um, they're warm, they're safe, they look modern, they feel modern, and uh, tenants will Will always want to live there and if they want to live there they'll always pay the rent if they pay the rent that creates profit which creates cash flow for the, the landlord and the capital growth will occur anyway okay so definitely still recommending going into the housing market for it's interesting you say about portfolios because i don't think i've really ever heard anyone say make sure you go for a minimum number of properties to actually make it worthwhile because you normally get estate agents saying this could be a good first time investment and some people just have one or two properties and think that's going to be enough for a pension but which is well yeah i mean if if you're on a very very low income then it might be enough but if you're on a very low income you probably couldn't afford to raise the deposit to be able to buy the property in the first place no that's um i always think that one buy to let property is really not a good idea Uh, if that property remains if, you, if you're buying just one buy-to-let property, it means you don't have the resources to then go forward and buy two and three and four properties, which means that if the property is empty, empty for any amount of time, 
you probably don't have the resource to be able to fill the gap of the mortgage. Okay. Um, and I, was, okay. I was actually reading, I was actually reading a couple of weeks ago that um, fifty percent of landlords have one property, and and the rest have more. Um, and I always wonder why people just go for one property um, and stop there. And I think this down, it's down to two reasons from what I can gather from having speak, spoken to hundreds and hundreds of uh, potential clients and clients on the matter. And quite often I find that uh, people end up with their first buy to let as a result of being an accidental landlord. So where um, maybe a couple came together and they both owned properties and they rented out one of them. Um, or somebody decided to go into the uh, property letting business they've bought one property, they've not been able to, they've set it up incorrectly and not been able to make money as a result. And they just sort of think to themselves, well, there wasn't really much point in that, I won't go any further. Okay. They're, the, they're the reasons I find people stay with one property or maybe two. Okay, now that's interesting. I guess COVID also probably showed people with one or two properties that that's where there's a lot of issues if you've either got a mortgage that you can get a mortgage holiday on if you're lucky, or if you bought yeah. it with cash and your tenant isn't paying your rent, you haven't got enough to support yourself because you might be retired. So exactly, yeah. You need to have, uh, you know, you need you need strength in numbers when it yeah, comes no. to when it comes to renting properties. Well, no, that's that's interesting. Well, thank you for that, Matt. That really was great on the overview of kind of what's coming, and that definitely shows my pleasure. Points. So, thank you. Are you open to more clients for portfolio that are interested in portfolio investment or? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I speak to anything between one and 10 clients a week who are looking to uh, get into the property market. So um, I have a consultancy business, a coaching business called uh, Property Investment Advice. Okay. .co .uk. Um, uh, um, and uh, you know, I help people to uh, create a strategy where they can use um, use my experience of, of being a landlord. I've I, I bought millions of pounds worth of properties over the last 20 years i've done it the wrong way i've done it the right way and i've done it every way in between um and i, I have a very strong format which creates excellent cash flow and uh and means that you pay the minimum amount of tax uh which uh, which which turns it into a very good investment asset class okay that's brilliant well thanks again matt and that was that was great and thank My you for, to watching the legal breakdown um i'm josh gardner from alliance legal and anything you need stru company structure wise or tenancy agreements etc we can obviously help with um with that kind of thing that we've been talking about today and i'll put all our details at the end and the beginning of the video um after we've we've done all the editing so um thank you again for listening thank you for listening or watching if you would like to get in contact with either myself or matt cottle please feel free to contact me, Josh Gardner, at Alliance Legal 01548 434 009 or joshua at alliancelegal.uk or my website www.alliancelegal.uk. Matt Cottle can be reached at matt at propertyinvestmentadvice.co.uk. Thank you for listening to another episode of The Legal Breakdown and I hope you gain some really good information from the episode and look forward to seeing you again shortly. Thank you.